Welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to providing effective marketing strategies for dentists, independent physicians, and multi-location medical practices. Far too many doctors struggle to establish their brand online and consistently increase their new patient appointments. Join Lamar Hull of MedRank Interactive as he interviews marketers, doctors, and healthcare professionals who share proven healthcare marketing secrets. All right, Danny. Hey, thanks for jumping on to the Healthcare Digital Marketing Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on this episode to really just talk through, you know, all the major questions when it comes through, you know, marketing and, you know, business marketing and also just really helping uh, businesses grow. So before we jump into this uh, podcast, I would love for you to just, you know, open up about your background, your history, some of your experiences and, and where you are now. Yeah, well, first off, Lamar, just thanks for the opportunity to be here. I'm, I'm excited. Your, your podcast is, is awesome, and it's an honor to be a, be a guest on it. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, to, to answer your question, and I'll, I'll kind of go the, shortest, the short version here. Um, my background is back in 2011, I started a marketing agency with a partner, and okay. uh, we started it down in Miami, Florida. And we spent a couple years kind of just treading water, trying to figure out what we were doing. And um, around 2013, 2014, uh, we got some really good advice. We invested in some coaching. Uh, we figured some things out, and, and we really took off from a growth standpoint. And we went from just two guys in the spare bedroom of an apartment to wow. pretty quickly we were grossing seven figures, staff of, uh, you know, first it was four, and then it was six. And before we knew it, full-time staff of, of 10 or 11 people. Oh, wow. um, in that process, we moved up to Charlotte, North Carolina. Our, our, um, our clientele were nationwide. We had clients in 40 some states. So it really didn't matter where we were headquartered. And okay. so we moved up here for kind of a variety of reasons. Um, and business was great and still is great to this day. Um, in 2018, I, I kind of came to the realization that um, what I'm really passionate about is helping business owners understand like the strategic purpose behind their marketing decisions. And um, I, I felt that there are tons of really great um, service providers, people that can build amazing websites and do social media marketing and SEO and all that stuff. Like there's, there are quality, there are lots of quality businesses doing that. And we were one of them, but I felt that um, there was just a lot of misunderstanding in terms of what should the strategy be governing those, those, those channels and right. why do I need to invest in SEO and what does my brand need to look like? And am I even targeting the right people in the first place? And all of those types of questions. And so I sold my half of the business to my partner. Okay. And um, again, this was in 2018 and, and that, that business spotlight branding is still rocking and rolling. And, and we're actually really great friends. I'm very blessed by the fact that I was able to successfully exit with no hard feelings on, right. on either side. And I, I, first thing I did was I took a few months. I wrote a book called Marketing Simplified. I started a podcast called the Marketing Simplified Podcast. Um, and, um, and, then, and then basically what I built since then is a, is a coaching and, and consulting business. And so I work with business owners as a marketing coach or as a fractional chief marketing officer, depending on kind of the level of their needs, to help okay. them create a, create a marketing plan, make sure they're targeting the right customers, make sure they have the right message in place, make sure we're going about it the right way. Like, do we need to be using search engine marketing? Should we be focused on offline things like events and direct mail and creating that comprehensive strategy and then pulling in, um, you know, execution partners to help get those, 
get those plans executed. But in a nutshell, that's kind of my journey, and 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 that's why that's what I what I do today. Wow, that's awesome, man! It sounds like a wealth of experience and and, and knowledge, and being able to take you know a you know a business and make it successful, and now applying uh, different um, marketing. Uh, ideas and strategies at a, at a more higher level to help business owners be successful. I think it's pretty amazing. And you definitely, uh, I think a lot of these um, vendors and business owners need to see this inside of their business more because it'll help them grow at a different capacity. And so let's talk about spotlight branding. So uh, you're, you're in that business for what, seven years. Yep. And I know, so you and I, and you and I've met through a mastermind group and, and we're starting to develop, you know, a, a relationship. So I've learned about spotlight branding a little bit. So I think you told me it was, it was attorney based. Is that right? Like it was an attorney focused marketing agency. Correct. Um, that was one of the big breakthroughs we had about two years in when we started the agency, we were just kind of working with any business owner anywhere. And, yeah. um, we, we eventually learned, it took us a little too long to learn, but we eventually learned that we really need a focused, a focused niche and, you know, something you do very well, you know, yeah. Lamar, that's something you're doing, you're doing great. And, um, when we made that shift to work exclusively with, with, um, small law firms, that's when the growth really took off. But yes, so wow. 90, 95%, 98% of our clients in spotlight branding were, were lawyers. That's awesome. So I guess when, just, just for any marketer that's listening, like, so when did you guys shift to say, you know, being a generalized marketing agency yeah. to uh, attorney focus? And then what would be your advice to any business that is thinking about niching down their, their market focus? Like how fast should they be thinking about yeah. doing? The sooner the better is the short version. <laughs> um, right. The more focus you can be, the better. But there's, there's two parts to that question because um, so Yes, the more focused you can be, the better. And the sooner you can develop a very narrow focus, the easier it's going to be for you to market yourself. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to do what I did at Spotlight Branding and what you're doing in your business now and, and make your narrowing focus industry specific. Most people, when you say pick, pick a niche, they say, okay, that means choose an industry. And that's one great way to do it. That's not the only way. Right. Um, you can also do it by honing in on like a specific offering right? Like a specific product. Like yeah. I could say, listen, I'm going to be the marketing agency for law firms, or I say, I'm going to be the LinkedIn paid advertising expert. And so like my area of specialization is not yeah. industry-based, it's service-based. I have a, I have a good friend who owns a, um, probably a $20 million a year business at this point. Oh, wow. Um, and they do what they do is print newsletters for they work with tons of businesses in a variety of different industries wow. but the service is a specific service so it doesn't mean you have to choose a specific industry to target but you, okay. you need to be known for something you need to be either the go-to person for lawyers or you need to be the go-to person at linkedin ads or or right. at creating a marketing plan or whatever the case may be. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, it's really a tailored focus. So when someone is talking about that specific service or that specific industry, you're the go-to person because they know you specialize in that and you do it well. And you, and you probably built case studies and systems and processes to be able to uh, be very effective if you have more wins in that specific area. So yeah, I think you're, you're exactly right. Uh, that's awesome feedback. I appreciate that. Um, so, so let's talk about 
so you you wrote a book that's awesome <laughs> so is, is, is it marketing simplified is that the name of the book yep, it's called marketing simplified okay so you have a podcast so are those is it the same concept um so it's the same like kind of my like general philosophy is that uh most people make marketing way more complicated than it needs to be yeah and as a result most business owners are overwhelmed by marketing and they don't understand how to make marketing work for them yeah um and so the point of my book was to distill it and break it down to the basics and help people who are not professional marketers learn enough about marketing that they can make the right strategic decisions and and grow their business and so that's what that book is about and i kind of introduce my marketing system which has four major components it's the way that i organize a marketing system um and then my podcast is it's it's along those same lines but you know it's just more free-flowing i do a podcast episode every week so you know i'm not so a lot of the things i talk about in my podcast are more more timely and more relevant to like what's happening today Um, but it's the same general premise My, my my just goal is to help business owners understand marketing unlock the power of true good effective marketing in their business because honestly like as you know lamar like good effective marketing changes your life it's not just about it's not just about bringing in more customers it it brings in more customers which allows you to grow your business more allows you to serve more people it allows you to hire people it allows you to um, send your kids to better schools take better vacations like it's just it's a game changer and so that's why i'm so passionate about it and kind of everything i do comes down to like simplifying marketing so that business owners can can put it to work for them Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so like when it comes to you have a, a very round well or well-rounded skill set in terms of, you know, just coaching, consulting, you know, being in the daily grind from an operational standpoint, building a, you know, a, se- a seven figure agency. So you've done a lot of speaking engagements. Can you speak to that as well? Like, like how that's impacted your life or impacted um, potential clients that you brought on from those engagements? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I have, I have over the last couple of years done a lot of speaking engagements. I've had that opportunity. And um, um, I guess I should start by saying, like, you've heard the statistic that um, public speaking is, is the biggest, for most Americans, public speaking is actually their, their number one fear. Oh, yeah. And death is second. Right? <laughs> like, people would rather die, apparently, than speak in public. And, right. I was very much in that, um, in that boat, I don't know, five years ago or so. And, um, I don't even remember what it was that pushed me to, to finally do it, but something, something pushed me. And so I started podcasting. That was kind of my first, my first thing was actually podcasting and then, um, started speaking probably a year after that. And, um, have now had the opportunity. I haven't done anything crazy, but I've spoken to, to rooms of, I don't know, between like five and 700 people, you know, a handful of times and okay. nothing, you know, there are a lot bigger stages than that. And I haven't been on those yet, but I have done a lot. Um, and I've also done a lot of smaller workshops where, you know, sometimes it'll be like almost like more like a, like a workshop with like 10 or 12 people. But then I've also done a lot of my own events that'll have between 50 and a hundred people. And all of those are great ways coming back to your question. They're all great ways to grow your business because um, pretty much every time I speak, especially at a bigger event um, where there's, you know, 50 or more people, like I get clients out of it pretty much every time because it's really, it's the, it's, it's what 
Lamar, it's what you and I know to be true about marketing, which is yeah. the best marketing isn't like a sales pitch. The best marketing is getting out and educating people and yep. helping them like make connections and, and educating them and, and in the process, making right. yourself look like a thought leader and building your brand exactly. as someone who knows what they're talking about. It's like, I'd rather show, I'd rather like show people what I know and what I do than like tell them, you know, right. like just watch right. me and then, right. it, and then it works and then you right. get clients out of it. So, um, and it's funny you bring this up cause I've had this conversation with a few clients in the last few weeks where, um, I'm kind of encouraging them like, guys, you really should get out and do some speaking. Like, and obviously yeah. not during COVID, like this is a sure. weird time, but, um, and I'll get pushed back and, and usually it comes back to like, it's intimidating. Getting up on stage is intimidating. And all I can say to, to anybody who's thinking about that is it is, it is intimidating at first, but you do it a couple of times and all of a sudden um, it becomes natural and it becomes a lot easier. And I'll also say this, you are your own worst critic. Like yeah. if you're, if you're like me, you like, you, you make one mistake, you say one wrong word during a right. speech and then you're like killing yourself about it. And it's like, dude, no one else even noticed it, right. let alone is still <laughs> thinking about it two weeks later. So right. we build this whole thing up in our head that like, I have to be perfect. And it's like, yeah. no, if most people are going to be happy with a presentation, if they don't, if they're not bored out of their minds the whole time, right. like if you can just be a little bit entertaining, give people like two or three little nuggets, like you did a good job. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. And so I've, I've dealt with it, exactly what you're saying, right? Like it took me a while to like actually get on stage and start presenting. Um, but what I did to help me overcome that fear was just practice. I did a lot of prep before then to, you know, feel confident to, you know, pull things from different sources or, or thoughts or case studies that I've worked on. I guess the question for you um, as a follow-up to that would be, how much do you prep and practice for speaking engagements? That's such a good question. Um, I'll say this, the early on preparation is so critical. Like that's yeah. actually the trick to not being freaked out and not, not, not having stage fright. It's just knowing your stuff and having, being right. well prepared. And then it's, you know, then the rest takes care of itself. I'm at the point where I have a few kind of, um, I would say signature topics that presentations that I give pretty often. And at this point, I've done them enough times and I have the slides that I don't really need to do much prep, if any prep. Like I just wow. take the slides and, and go because I've given that speech 10 times or whatever. Right. Um, but, you know, sometimes I'll speak to a new audience about a new subject and, and then I'll for sure spend at least a couple of hours, um, you know, thinking through, just thinking it through and preparing a, a, a quality presentation. Gotcha. That's awesome. Appreciate that feedback. So you mentioned earlier about uh, really helping your clients, uh, you know, overcome that fear to, to get in front of others and educate and add value with what they offer and the services that they provide. When it comes to medical professionals, how do they build trust with their marketing? Yeah, no, that's such a, such a good question. And honestly, medical professionals are the perfect, the perfect kind of case study for this because um, any type of marketing is, is, is all about trust. Like trust yeah. is really, really important. If you're asking people to, um, give you their money or give you their time, yeah. um, make any sort of commitment with you. The, one of the most difficult things in that process is getting them to trust you, right? right? Like you have to give them confidence so that they'll take that leap. I call it the trust deficit. Like yeah. you are dealing okay. with a trust deficit. We all are. And so the main job of our marketing, one of the jobs of our marketing is to overcome that trust deficit. 
well, how much more is that true when you're in the medical space and you're literally dealing with potentially, you know, life and death situations some of the time, or, you know, in the, in the dentistry space, I know you do a lot of work with dentists where, you know, it may, maybe it's not life and death, but it's like, it's their smile, which oh, yeah. is integral, man. Like, yeah, I, I know, sure. you know, these statistics, but like, uh, uh, your smile is like so important to your, so like, this is a big, it's a big ask to yeah. ask somebody to trust you. And so, um, so number one, I just think we could probably have a whole podcast just talking <laughs> about about right. why and how to build trust. But I'll, I'll relate it back to the question you asked about public speaking, which is the, the best way to get trust is to show people that you're competent, right? And yeah. so um, I think about things like, um, you know, using your website to answer questions that, that yeah. your patients have or potential clients have. Um, even, even simple things like creating blog entries and videos where you're just speaking to these these areas, these concerns, these problems in a way that shows that you understand it. You're not surprised by it. You're competent. Like, so it's almost one of those things where you're just, you're showing off your, your level of knowledge. I would say there are probably a number of ways we could answer that question, but that's probably where I'd want to start is putting content out there that just shows people, um, that shows people that they can trust you, that you know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're exactly right. So and to that point, it just it just gave me chills because I know we do a lot of that from a marketing standpoint. And uh, we just had one of our clients, he's a physiatrist, and he's promoting therapy. So essentially what we're doing is, because uh, you can only promote that heavily on Facebook versus Google ads, because with Google ads, they're restricting those type of keywords, but Facebook is not limiting him to advertise that type of treatment. So essentially what we're doing is we're, we, we ask the client to provide us a list of questions that he's hearing in his office about stem cell and PRP because he's getting leads for it. So essentially we took those, those questions, they provided some of the answers to it, and we have a facts section on the website, on the, right on the homepage, and then there's a facts page to answer those questions. But then to take it to another level, we're running Facebook ads for those specific treatments. So it's not it's not always a, like, like you said, it's value proposition. It's value. It's value from an educational standpoint where we're not saying, Hey, sign up for a stem cell treatment therapy. It's more so here's, here's the doctor answering questions about stem cell because we're connecting with their pain points. And then by educating them and not being more salesy, we're getting a ton of leads through Facebook. So to your point, it's, it's, it's building that trust because people are having these thoughts and are asking these questions about pain. But if we can just educate them, then they're like, okay, that's who I need to go see. That's so good, Lamar. I know I love that. That's such a good story. I, I feel like, I mean, one of the things I'll tell my clients is, you know, you need to be, you need to be blogging. And they'll say, well, what should I blog about? I don't have anything to write about. I don't know. And it's always like, I start exactly with what you just described, which is make a list of the questions that you're getting every day. Right. Like, what are your clients and your customers asking you? Like, that's what you should blog about. And then you, and then you plug it into Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, and you put some advertising dollars behind it, like you, you guys are doing. And all of a sudden, like just by answering people's questions, like it's better than any, any high pressure sales pitch could, could like ever be. Um, so that's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. I, I would say on the, um, just kind of along those lines of, of establishing trust, like there's a few other probably big pieces too. And um, you know, it, it varies from, you know, just, 
the, the specifics of the field you're in because I know there are restrictions about testimonials some of the time, but whenever you can pull social proof into it, you know, and whenever you can have testimonials or case studies or videos or anything like that, I mean, that's, that's, that's so powerful. Um, and then I guess maybe the third bucket of the, of the trusting would also be, um, you know, awards and other like certifications, yeah. like, um, you know, if you, you, the official, you know, team doctor of the Carolina Panthers, or, you know, it's things like that when you, when you win awards or when you get associations with credible, you know, that's another way to kind of transfer the trust from yeah. that organization to your practice. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and so I guess, so you've dealt with a lot of marketing vendors, you, you've been your own, you, you ran a company that was a marketing vendor to, you know, to other uh, businesses. So how do you make sure now as a marketing coach, um, consultant, like how do you make sure that they're getting, like the work's getting done? Like how do you help business owners just make sure that, you know, they're getting a return on investment? Yeah, well, it's so funny because um, that's one of the biggest things that, um, that I find myself doing in that role of, of coach and consultant is um, often like some of the times, you know, a, a, a business owner will, will hire vendors to do the work for them. Um, but oftentimes there's some elements of it that especially a smaller business that like they need to do themselves. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so the problem is when you're running a business, you're so busy finding the time to write a blog entry or finding the time to film video. Like it just feels, it just feels impossible sometimes. And it always gets put down to the bottom of the priority list. And so I spend a lot of time with my clients just being like, Hey, did you do that thing that we agreed that you needed to do? And, um, one of the strategies to actually make it happen that works really well for me and most people that I, I suggested to is to actually put those tasks on your calendar, you know, just like, you know, Lamar, you and I had this interview on our, on our calendars. And so it was something that like, I'm going to show up for and you're going to show up for. And like, I'm not going to cancel unless I'm sick or something, you know? Well, and I tell people, put your marketing time on your calendar in the same way. Like if you're committed to writing, two blog entries a month, put that hour on your calendar in the first half of the month. And then the second hour, the second half of the month and treat it just as importantly as you would treat like a sales consultation or, or, or anything else and take it seriously. Right. And, um, and then, and then you just do it. You just live by your calendar, you know? Right. right. So let me ask you this. So, okay. So, cause as a marketing company, a digital marketing agency, we, we we do ask our clients sometimes to write you know write content because they're the they're the expert right we can do all the research we can create the foundation but they know their voice their business their brand better than anybody so there's and then there's there, there's that experience that they know that you just you can't put into a blog post so I would say 100% of the time <laughs> we were never able to consistently get a client and we understand they're getting a lot of patience they're running a business yeah. they. they you just can never manage to prioritize that um, on their schedule, on their calendar to execute. So I guess from your position, your point of view, like how have you helped them become successful at, at truly prioritizing yeah. that to meet the marketing needs? Well, it, it comes back to connecting it to the why. Like yeah. why, why, are you, why is marketing important in the first place? And, um, you know, I hopefully, hopefully, a business owner understands that, you know, their business ultimately is a tool for them to live the life that they want to live. Right. right? Like that their business should be 
something that provides the financial security they need, provides the time independence. Like it's really first and foremost about your business supports the life that you want to live. And so when people are clear about that and like, this is how I want my life to look. And therefore this is how I need my business to look. And therefore in order to hit my business goals to live the life that I want to live, my marketing has to produce a certain outcome, right? A certain level of um, incoming patients, incoming clients and customers. And so you kind of reverse engineer back down to like, listen, man, the reason you need to prioritize writing this blog entry is so you can get the leads that you want to get this month. And the reason you need to do that is so you can get the cash flow that you want. And the reason you want to do that is so you can take a vacation in three months or send your kid, you know? And so you connect it, you connect it back to the why. And so that's honestly where I actually start with, with all of my clients is helping them get clear on the why. Like, what do they even want their business to look like? Because I have a different vision for my business than you have for your business, right? Like we all do, we're all different people. And so you get clear on the why, and then, then, then it's a little more motivating usually to put in the work to do the thing that has to happen to get to your end goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And and do you ever see just, I guess, differences in personalities where some just get it done more than others? Like Totally. Okay. <laughs> oh, totally. And it's, it's typically the people that are um, able to live by a calendar tend to get things done more, more consistently. And, and, and they're used to like scheduling their time and they stick to their time. And, you know, and so for that personality type, they typically don't have a problem, but a lot of entrepreneurs, the challenge is a lot of entrepreneurs are a little more freewheeling than that. And like, you know, bright, shiny objects and all of this. And so for those people, like personally, I don't believe in forcing them to fit into a box that they're not like, I'm not going to say, listen, you're a free spirited entrepreneur, but what you have to do is start living by a calendar. I'm going to be realistic with them and say, okay, listen, if you're not able to consistently get this done, well then who's going to get it done? Cause we agreed it needs to happen. And so you can hire someone to do it for you, or you can assign it to your marketing assistant, or you can assign it to your office manager, or you can assign it to your spouse. Like, I don't care, but somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to commit to it. And then that person has to be held accountable to it. Again, whether it's a marketing vendor, whether it's your office manager, somebody's got to do it and be held accountable to get it done. Because if someone's not accountable for it, like, I promise you, it won't get done. It won't get done. Right. No, you're exactly right. That's that's really good feedback. Um, So let's, let's switch pit or switch pace a little bit. So with referrals, right? So like, Referrals will help a practice or any business grow. Uh, but, but like, where do you see, I guess, the most value in helping, uh, you know, these businesses get more referrals? Yeah, I, um, first off, I agree. I mean, statistically speaking, referrals are the best way for any business to grow. Um, patients, clients, customers that are referred to you are, um, tend to be better customers. They convert at a higher rate. Um, they're just, it's just the best way to grow your business. And so how can you be more proactive about creating referrals is one of the conversations I I like to have with people because the problem is a lot of business owners and I'm, you know, whether it's dentists, whether it's lawyers, whether it's, um, you know, CPAs, doesn't really matter. There's this mentality of, well, I'm just going to do a good job. Like I'm going to do good work and then I'm going to let referrals happen naturally. I'm going to let my work speak for itself. And I, I get that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that per se, but right. it's just very passive. And there's a lot more active, like proactive steps you can take to actually drive referrals. And yeah. so, so the conversation I have with people is basically, basically two things need to happen for you to get a referral. 
The first is your referral sources out there, like your network, they need to know what a good referral looks like. Yeah. If that's, they, that's so if, it, exactly. And it sounds obvious, right? It yeah. sounds obvious, but like, it's funny if you, like we, like I know my business well, Lamar, you know your business well, but the question yeah. is, does everyone in your network know your business well? And yeah. um, it's easy for us to have this assumption that, well, everybody gets it. Like they all know what I do, but like, no, we actually have to spell out in great detail. This is, this is what I do. And this is what a good referral looks like for me. Yeah. And if people don't know what a good referral looks like for you, like they're just not going to recognize, there could be opportunities passing their face all day long, but they don't recognize it. So yeah. like number one is, helping your referral network know what a good opportunity is. Right. And then, and we can talk about how you do that down the road if you want to. But then number two is it's not good enough for them to know it intellectually. You also need to create top of mind awareness yeah. so that when the opportunity crosses their face, they recognize it. Oh, Cause yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with somebody and like had coffee with them. And, um, and I love what they do and they did a great job explaining what they do and they right. told me exactly what a good referral looks like. And I walk away from that coffee meeting, like sincerely intending to send them referrals. Okay. <laughs> but then what happens is I don't hear from them a month later. I haven't heard anything. Six months later, I haven't heard anything. 12 months later, I've completely forgotten they even exist. Right. And um, so you have to have systems in place to create that top of mind awareness. Two awesome tools for that. One is an email newsletter. It's yeah. so easy. It's yep. almost free. It's so cheap. It's so easy <laughs> right. to plug people into an email newsletter. And so when you meet them and you have a great conversation, you say, hey, is it cool if I add, let's stay in touch? Can I add you to my yep. newsletter list? And then they're hearing from you month after month after month. And that's so powerful, man. I, I know you know this, but for, for your readers out there, your listeners who don't know this, um, man, I just can't even tell you. Like last month alone, I probably generated eight to $10,000 of revenue off of two new clients that came to me through an introduction that happened like two years ago. That's crazy. And, <laughs> um, and, and nothing happened between us for those two years other than they were getting my newsletter, which I send out once a week. And so they, they were being reminded of me. And then both of them just happened to have a great referral for me that same month. Yeah. And it turned into a great, a great outcome for me. And if I hadn't had that email, that newsletter happening, I promise you we would have drifted apart and that, that intro never would have happened. So um, that's a really long way of answering your question, but um, that's what it's about, man. It's about, it's about um, recognizing the opportunity and then top of mind awareness so that when it's presented to them, they act on it. Yeah, that's, that's so key there because especially when it comes to top of mind, when I think about what you've done, like you're, <clears throat> we talked about speaking engagements. Um, you, you've had a ton of those and then you have a book that's on Amazon. Um, you also, you know, you, you handle a lot of clients and, you know, they're uh, being their CMO or their marketing consulting or marketing coach. So you have a lot of, uh, you know, testimonials out there floating around. Um, and then you're, you have email, you have newsletters, um, you're, you know, you're always on LinkedIn. Like I see a post almost every day from you on LinkedIn. <laughs> I mean, you're not playing, especially like top of mind. Like I, I can tell you, you truly get it. And I think a lot of marketers that are trying to build their brand or even business owners, they don't think about to your point, cause you wouldn't believe like two years ago, I've been in business for five years. I've just started an email newsletter. I just started compiling a database of emails to send out a newsletter to and, and it's starting to work because I'll, I'll get emails of, 
hey, can I be on your podcast? Or I want to learn more about your service. And it was, yeah, I was, I was caught up in trying to, you know, manage the business. But like, you, you have to think about those things early on because it's going to create a footprint and a trail for your exactly. leadership long term. Exactly. And as you, and you're so right. And, and the whole challenge is like, as you grow, you have to find a way to keep those systems happening. I mean, in my case, I have, I have enough happening that I personally don't have time to get on LinkedIn every day, but yeah. a post happens on LinkedIn every day. Why? Because I have a system and I have a virtual assistant who <laughs> right. um, we meet once a month and we plan, we plan content out and then she executes it for me. So yeah. I'm talking to you right now and someone, you know, she might be on LinkedIn right now making, and it's just, it's not rocket science, but yeah. it comes back to what we said a minute ago. Somebody has to be accountable for it. Right. And, um, if it's you, great. And when you get to the point where you're too busy, then the, the whole thing is, then you have to find someone else to do it. You right. can't just let it fall away. You have to find a way to get it done. Right. And um, so that's where leveraging other, you know, leveraging marketing companies, leveraging your staff, leveraging a virtual assistant, like there's right. no excuse for not getting it because there's lots of options to, to execute on this stuff, you know? And especially like now, now in today's society, everyone's remote. <laughs> Like right. you can find someone who wants to freelance or, you know, do some side projects to make some additional income that can be consistent with helping you grow your, you know, your brand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's very important. So I guess also like with, you know, COVID-19, like we're, we're still in the midst of it. It's, you know, it's every time I look at the news now, the cases are, are up dramatically. And, you know, now I think what Friday they're making, um, make it a mandate of you, know, you have to wear a mask when you go out in public. So when you think about that, but from a marketing standpoint, what I'm experiencing now is a lot of the clients are the messaging, you know, they're making sure their messaging um, uh, really stands out with how they're going to protect their team, the, the patients and so forth, um, but being, you know, ahead of the curve to making people feel comfortable when they're ready to come to their practice or to get their, uh, you know, their, their oral treatment. But I guess for you, when it comes to, a, from a marketing standpoint, especially during COVID or even post COVID, what are the marketing channels you would tell business owners to focus on? Yeah. Um, another awesome question. Um, yeah, well, I'll start here. I'll talk about channels in a second, but, um, I think you, you made like maybe possibly the most important point here, which is this is a time when businesses and, uh, and medical practices and any business really needs right. to be proactive about their communication. Um, yeah. because there's all of a sudden this air of uncertainty, like, um, you know, we, we just don't, I don't know what restaurants are open. I don't know what stores are open. Like they need, like, so we wake up every morning as a consumer and we're asking ourselves questions that we didn't used to ask. Like we didn't used to wonder if like Dick's sporting goods was going to be open today, you know? And so it's like, that's kind of number one is that businesses have to be proactive and communicate with their customers and let them know what it looks like to do business with them. Um, are they still open? Are, are they, can you still come to their location? If yeah. so, what are you doing to keep them safe? I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know if my dentist is open or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a few months ago, um, I got a text saying we had to cancel my scheduled cleaning because of COVID and it was right when it all happened. Right. And, um, and I have not heard another word from them since. I don't know if they've reopened. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Um, and so that's just an example of like, I should, I should be, I'm on their text list. I get texts 
often. Why yeah. have they not set a text out letting people know like what they're, what they're, you know, it's just, it's kind right. of obvious, but people don't do it. And they just assume that uh, you'll go look it up. Well, but man, I have enough things in my life. I don't, I'm, I'm just busy and I need yeah. to be told. <laughs> and so that's, that's lesson number one is just be proactive about it. And then the, to the second part of your question of, of what channels, I, I'd love to hear what you've seen, Lamar, because I'm sure you have some great data on this. But um, what I've seen in, in COVID is that um, the cost to reach people on social media has dramatically decreased, honestly. Oh, yeah. um, it's cheaper to reach people on social media. And I think two reasons. One is because there are more people on social media. Like, God knows we don't have anything else to do. Like I can't watch baseball at night. So I spend way more time on Twitter and Facebook than I would like to, because I've got nothing else to do. Right. Um, and then the other thing is that at least early on, a lot of advertisers pulled back their spends on, yeah. on Facebook and, and elsewhere. So you have this ecosystem where there were more consumers and less advertising dollars being spent. So for the people that were willing to spend money on social media, early in COVID, they were getting a, a massive, uh, just a massive ROI compared to what they would have gotten a month before. Right, right. Yeah, you're exactly right. So to that point, I, I, I'm right there with you when it comes to social media. Um, we've seen a, a lower cost per click, a lower cost per conversion, just the competition um, is not as steep because everyone's like, hey, you know, we're, 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 we're in challenging times. So we're going to hold on to our marketing budgets, which you know, it's understandable, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, uh, you know, it's not something that, you know, you're, you're able just to make these decisions when you're under the fire, so to speak, to make sure your business stays operational after, you know, after uh, these uncertain times. But what I, what I have noticed, the clients who don't turn off the faucet, right, like they don't turn off their, their marketing, the campaigns and strategies that they've been executing for months and months you know over you know over the, in the course of maybe 12 months or a year two years they've come out of this stronger than ever especially when they reopen like we have dental practices now that are already booked out you know three to four weeks obviously they have to space out their appointments for um safety measures but prime example we have a, a dental practice with three locations he was like i'm not turning off seo uh facebook ads or google ads and he wasn't getting a lot of conversions during this time, but to your point, he was just getting a ton of visibility, yeah. a ton of branding. And when you looked at the competition, like no one else was really marketing as much. And so a lot of his rankings and his traffic, especially from a Google standpoint, has went up dramatically. Um, yeah. and like he's booked out. And some, and some of the ones that are like, you know, let's, let's just pause marketing for now. Like they're just now reopening and they're struggling. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just because it was just a different mindset. And, it um, no, it reminds me of like, um, you know, like real estate investing or, 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 or investing in the stock market. The time to like the low points, that's, that's when the smart investors like jump in, you know? Yeah. And so I'm with you. The, the, the generally speaking, the savviest, smartest business owners that I work with recognized COVID as an opportunity not to stop spending on marketing, but actually an opportunity to ramp up, if anything, because they knew they could get cheap, cheap eyeballs and reach, reach a lot of people. And um, 
whether it was just building brand awareness or some of them took the opportunity to actually grow their mailing list by doing things like creating creating educational resources that are relevant to COVID-19 and giving them away for free, but you have to sign up, you know, to get it. I have a client who, no joke, has um, added as of this morning, over 13,000 email addresses to his database in the last 90 days. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and before his his database was pretty small. He maybe had a couple thousand people. Maybe he might not have even been over a thousand. But he recognized the opportunity. He saw that he had something very specific, a very specific piece of information that he could convey to people that was going to be really valuable. And um, and he has now signed up over thirteen thousand people to his mailing list. And those people, some of them are already customers of his. Most of them, he's not going to see revenue from now but dude you better believe that's going to be an incredible asset for him for the next 20 years of his business and um so that that gets me really fired up because that was a guy who saw the opportunity was willing to spend some money on it and came out to your point just far ahead of where he was going into this whole situation yeah that's awesome man that's it it definitely kind of uh, confirms like the idea of it's a mindset when you think about how you're going because People look at marketing sometimes as a, an expense versus an investment. Yes, I know, you know, things are tight, right? Like you got to maybe, you know, lay people off. Like there, there's, there's a lot of, you know, uncertainty. Like there's a lot of issues that we're all facing. Um, but if you're doing something while everyone is, you know, stopping uh, putting their foot on the gas pedal to continue to perform um, and, and, and develop their business long term, then you're going to get ahead of them. That's, you know, you're going to surpass them. Google's going to Google, Facebook, and these other algorithms are going to favor you um, when it comes to the strategies that you're continually executing. And to your point, you're getting more brand awareness. I think yeah. people who are looking for a, or a dentist during COVID, if they had a, an emergency case and they could only find the dentists who are doing teledentistry or, you know, some kind of virtual consultations or they're reopening and communicating you know, how they're going to, you know, have safety measures at their practice, they're going to switch. Eventually they're going to switch and say, they can serve me. (laughs) I need to to get this emergency case treated. So, um, man, I'll give you one small example of that. When, um, when uh, the PPP started happening, right? The the PPP loans um, became available. Um, I've always banked with one of the major national, uh, national banks. And, um, they just totally dropped the ball when it came to the PPP stuff. And um, meanwhile, um, a few of the small local banks around here, in fact, I'll give them a shout out because they deserve it. Aquesta Bank, which they're headquartered up here in Lake Norman, they have branches all over the city, um, did an amazing job for me and for a handful of my clients. And, um, and I've since, you know, so they, they helped us get that PPP funding. And I've since switched my, um, my banking relationship to them because they stepped up. They helped me when I needed it. And um, I, I promise you, they're gonna—they're one of the stories that's gonna come out way ahead as a as a result of this thing because they acted quickly. They saw a problem, they solved the problem, right. and um, and th- they're gonna grow tremendously as a result of it. Well, that's an awesome story. Uh, thanks for sharing that. So, my my last question for you would be personal branding. So, I know a lot of business owners face this challenge, right? Like, they do I create a brand for the business? Do I create a personal brand? Um, why is the personal brand important? You know, if, if people are, know, the, like, I guess just help, help us understand, you know, when it comes to branding, 
why is, you know, why is personal branding important? Yeah. Well, and again, such a great conversation to have in the medical, in the context of, of medical, because, um, you know, ultimately personal, personal branding is, is, is just basically answering the question, like, who are you and what do you stand for? Like, yeah. how are you known in the community? That's your personal brand. And when you, um, when you are, whether it's medical services or legal services or something where the stakes are high, right? We're like, it's not just, I'm getting my car washed. It's right. someone's doing something to my body or my teeth or, <laughs> or my legal fee or whatever. Like when the stakes are high, yeah. you really want to be able to trust the person that you're, that you're dealing with. And, um, so that's why a personal brand is so important. Um, right. I would, I guess, I guess the, the way I like to think about it is, uh, when you're in a, a, a profession like medical or dentistry or whatever, like you want to be seen as an expert, like you want to be seen as a trusted expert because when someone is thinking about their smile, right. Or their, their, their kid's broken leg, like they're going to go to the absolute best. Like that is not yeah. the time when most people are going to penny pinch. Like if I'm given the choice, if I'm having something serious going on with, with my kid medically and I have the choice of two providers and um, one of them is more expensive than the other, but is also, you know, clearly um, has won all kinds of awards, has all kinds of advanced degrees, speaks all over the country. Like I'm going to that guy, no question about it. Um, right. And cost, like I'll figure out how to pay for it, you know? Right. And um, so that's why personal branding is so important. And as, as to like how you do it, you know, it's, it's things like we talked about. It's, it's just demonstrating that, you know, this stuff, it's writing a book, it's speaking, it's getting on video, like put yourself out there as an expert. People will recognize that, you know, what you're talking about. And then they're going to choose to do business with you every chance they get because they want to work with somebody that they really trust. Right. Right. And, and to that point, like, so we have out of all the, the medical practices that we work with, we have one doctor who is, who is all about personal branding and he's, very similar to us where he's like on LinkedIn, he's got email campaigns, he's on Google, Facebook, and he's everywhere. And that's the guy that, you know, during COVID when it first hit, he was like, I'm not afraid of this. You know, I know what I want for my business. I'm going to attack this. And when things get better, I'm going to be at the forefront of, you know, uh, growing my practice the way it was growing prior to um, before COVID hit. And um, sure enough, like soon as he reopened, like he, He's, he's having trouble keeping up like he's got he's got people or you know obviously are not ready to come back to work yet so he's trying to you know figure that you know the hiring part out but he is booming and it's all because i even have people in my network they're like i see this guy everywhere <laughs> so somebody they're gonna when they have dental issues they're gonna tell you know their friends and and then vice versa it's a referral network um, and branding is huge especially when it comes to conversions and what we teach from a seo standpoint is Yes, we want to rank them in Google for non-brand keywords because, like, I think the stats are 40 people moved a day, you know, to Charlotte per day. Obviously, that's probably changed with COVID. But if, if there's 40 people that don't, you know, they're moving to Charlotte at that level, like, they don't know what dentist to go to. They may ask a new friend, but they're going to go right on Google and search dentists in their local area. But what will happen is that if, they, if, the, if the practice or the business ranks for their non-brand keywords, eventually people are going to see them enough that they're going to start searching in Google their name. And when they start searching their name, that's, that's a referral, that's a referral like network in itself, because then they're going to be telling their friends, Hey, go to so-and-so. And then when they, when they tell their friends, their friends are actually going to go search Google for that name. 
And Google loves that because they know that your brand is developing because you're starting to get search traffic for your actual name. It's like Nike or Adidas. People, when they search for shoes, they're searching for Nike shoes or, you know, Reebok shoes. And, and I think that you can't beat branding, especially when it comes to, to, to conversions and, and uh, being consistent with growing your business for sure. Yeah, um, I agree completely. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate uh, all the value and all the insights, man. I'm so glad to have you on this podcast. Uh, I mean, again, you're, you're amazing. You're, you're, you're putting podcasts out there. You have a book. Um, you're doing a ton of speaking engagements. Um, if there's a business owner that really needs help with their, their, their marketing and having additional eyes on what's happening under the hood to make sure that they're getting the return on investment, how can they find you? Like, how can they contact you? Yeah, so it's dannydeckermarketing.com is my website and I've actually got a ton of free resources on there. Um, you know, they don't ever have to call me. There's a ton of, you, you could spend 20 minutes on my website and get just a ton of really great information and you never even have to talk to me. Um, so dannydeckermarketing.com. I'm also on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, if you want to uh, hop on um, Apple podcasts, search for the marketing simplified podcast, Google, um, my podcast is kind of everywhere. And then my book is on Amazon. It's just, it's just marketing simplified. So the easiest thing to do is probably just go to my website and um, yeah. And uh, yeah, you'll, you'll find me. Awesome, Danny. Well, we appreciate you coming on to the healthcare digital marketing podcast. Everything that he just, he, he provided from a contact standpoint will also be in the podcast description. Hey, man, I appreciate your time. I'm sure a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of this podcast. Hey, have a good day. Thanks, Lamar. It was a pleasure.